Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod with Brad Weber and Joshua Ani and Ross Carl. Now, North South, we got two South boys on here. Brad, first, the party went deep into the night, did it? <laughs> it sure did. There was uh, plenty of spates drunk. I think we uh, we drank the hotel drives of uh, spates. Had to bring in some other some other dirt beers. So um, uh, it was good celebrating uh, a, a fine South Island win and. You know, I'd almost forgotten what that felt like, so it was nice to be on the, the right side of the ledger for once. <laughs> Josh, you enjoyed it? Yeah, no, it was definitely a good time. I um, changed rooms after the game and then back to the hotel. Um, yeah, definitely a good, cool experience. And yeah, one to remember. Yeah, great. Southern boys now, through and through. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Southern man. <laughs> Absolutely. Born and bred. Didn't you know that? It was a cracker of a game, though, wasn't it? Like, I mean... There were points scored. It was exciting. It came down to that last play from you, Josh. Uh, what was going through your head when you put that kick across? Yeah, we sort of uh, we had a few advantages before that, and um, we sort of had a time to come together, and we sort of said, if we get another advantage, then um, I was going to kick that. And um, I seen I seen the ref put his hand up, and we had the advantage, and um, I knew from there I was going to pass me the ball. So yeah, I was in a bit of under the pump and. Didn't have much time to think about the kick, so those are probably the better ones. That you don't, you don't even have to think. You know, you just just acting. So, um, that was yeah. And you're then too I humble, it, but, you're nah. the cracker, mate. <laughs> yeah, I seen him. I seen him pluck it out. Was, man, was, poor old, poor old Mitchie Hunter felt for the for the poor bugger. Oh, felt bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt, I felt bad. Uh, I felt bad. <laughs> uh, we were saying that they were they were talking about it before, um, because obviously it was a a lot of phases before it happened and that they'd been talking to each other. So, yeah. But. Close, mate. They're picking on the midget at fullback. <laughs> yeah. It's I feel the pain. <laughs> I think there were some comments that, Brad, maybe you should have jumped on the wing to make that an even ledger. Yeah, I think Angus Tartavell thought he was pretty funny by saying that, but he doesn't, he doesn't realise that they call me Spud Webb for a reason. It's because I've got hops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the South Dunk Contest is all yours. Oh, hands down. Been dunking since I was uh, five foot three. Now that I'm a bar, uh, very tall five foot seven, makes it easy. <laughs> totally. You know that Will Jordan's going to take a ball like that, eh, Josh? Like, he's just, that's Will Jordan. He does match winning stuff, right? Yeah, well, I was saying, um, even as other try, you know, I've seen him score so many tries like that against me. And I was just glad I was on the other side of you know, <laughs> and I was on his, his team, you know. So he's one of those guys who just the right time, the right place. Like that's something. Can you teach that, Brad? That just is. That's just instinct, huh? Yeah, it is a little bit, and I think um, fitness probably plays a lot to, in that sort of regard as well. Like if you're if you're really fit and on top of your your game um, aerobically, then more likely than not, you're going to be in the right place because because uh, you're fit enough to be there. And he certainly um, like. He's clearly in great nick, and um, yeah, man, he always pops up in the in the right spot. Like Josh is saying before, how he scored a few against him. He's uh, scored a couple against us uh, in the same way. So um, he clearly puts a lot of effort in um, to make, make sure that he can be in the right, those right places. That don't always just happen out of luck. Mm-hmm. You make your own luck sometimes. Josh, um, break down that week for us. What, what happened? You turn up on Monday. What happens Monday through Friday before a game like that in a in a brand new team? Yeah, it was. Um... It was definitely um, cool, you know, coming together with the South Boys and playing with uh, players that I haven't played before and meeting new people. So it was really good. We um, we turned up on Monday and pretty much just, you know, got into uh, training and 
training early on in the week was pretty um, pretty crazy. You know, it was more about getting the game plan clear and how he wanted to play that week. So, um, you know, a coach said it straight from the start. You know, everything was on, which was sort of set the set the standard, which was really cool. You know, real southern footy. You know, just anything's on and pull trigger. So, um, and then towards the end of the week, things sort of started to ramp up and towards the towards the game. And but no, it was a really enjoyable week. And uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Brett had a good time, so. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> Monday through Friday, all serious though, eh, Brad? Oh, there was a fair bit of fun involved, actually, to be fair. Um, there's a few, uh, we had a bit of a club rooms night on the Tuesday, um, a few dinners out. Um, we had a, had a golf day on, on Wednesday, a lot of us. I think it was eight, it was an eight on eight North West South golf game. Um, so there was a little bit of seriousness, uh, particularly for our big afternoon trainings on the Tuesday and Thursday, but. Um, there were a few creative moves that we were able to get through that um, Joshy and, and Richie and uh, Brad Moore sort of come up with and um, we got to pull them off a, a couple of times on the weekend so um, it wasn't you know, there was an element of seriousness because it was a, clearly a big game but at the same time um, it wasn't a bore but we still had a bit of fun mixing mix as well <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a wall move man like, was there talk about a wall move? Oh, there, there, at one stage at the end there um, I was about to kick for touch and Sam sort of looked at me and was like, hold up, hold up, wait. And it looked like he was going to, we were going to go for the tip and he was going to come up with a move on this. And then at the last second, he, I think the, the, the defense sort of caught on to it. And then he sort of told me, no, no, cancel, cancel the kicks. So I think they might've had something planned there, but uh, yeah, just didn't manage to pull it off. Yeah, cause Sam and I actually spoke about that. Um, might've been after the captain's run. I was like, man, we forgot to do like a, like a wall move or something special. And he sort of said, "Yeah, but we just we sort of almost just ran out of time after doing all of our other plays that we almost uh, forgot about it." But yeah, it would have been funny if he just came up with one on the spot and come off. But um, yeah, it was a shame. It was a real shame that there was no backward, you know, turnaround back kicks or <laughs> wall move or anything. But maybe next time, next year. When you're down on the scoreboard, though, eh? you don't pull out that stuff. You go for the win. <laughs> nah, exactly. Maybe. Um, yeah, exactly. If you're up by plenty or down by plenty, then maybe you give it a crack, but not when the game's on the line. Was the test match intensity out there? How did it feel, Josh? Um, yeah, I, I felt felt like it. You know, we had the, the best players around the country um, playing in uh, one field. And, um, you know, I was looking at that North team. Was, they're big boys, you know. It's physical. They're great skills. Um, it, was, it was interesting playing. Obviously, I did it with the Hollanders, but um, playing in, no, in front of no crowd, you know, is, and then, you know, you get back into the change room and you check your phone and then, you know, everyone's watching, you know. So mm. um, there was that sort of element of no crowd. But definitely in terms of, um, you know, the best players in the country are on on the field. Um, so I did have that sort of intensity, yeah. Sky play underneath it, the, um, like the test match crowds and stuff, you know, like there, someone's on the buttons pressing the right things, you yeah. know. So it would be cool if they did that in the stadium too and you guys could yeah, feel like a little something. Because I watched the, uh, I had a chance to watch a little bit of the game, and it sort of felt like when I was watching the game on the TV, it, it felt different to when I was playing because, yeah. you know, the commentary or all the like the crowd noises, you know. So, yeah, it was interesting. I think it's some of the, like some of the NRL games. I, I think they play crowd noise at the ground for the players um, to help them out. So I was sort of hoping that that might have uh, been brought in as well, but maybe Sky need to. Have you seen the Have you seen the NBA uh, the NBA virtual? They got the virtual yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the virtual people watching. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. 
yeah, that's the, that's the thing about the NBA. Eh? Like it's it, it's like it's in a tiny gym now, mm. and so it's got that different feel where you you kind of feel like it's almost like a pickup game. It doesn't yeah. feel like this big thing. Like watching today and watching the Lakers play, I was just like, this is this is just a bit odd. Like it's cool, <laughs> but it's odd. Yeah, they're, they're not doing as much yelling as as they usually would too either, which is um, a bit funny. It must be must be seriously different for those guys that are just used to pack crowds everywhere they go. And now, yeah, like you say, it's like they're playing in a in a um, in a closed off gym. Um, so I thought it'd be pretty hum- humbling for old LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you guys? Could you hear the calls and everything, Brad? Everything sounds it's, it's not the opposition aren't like yelling in the lineout or anything just to make up for the no- lack of noise. I think uh, I think Sam. I think a lot of their um, a lot of their calls in the lineout was Tahitua and Toru, like their just their um, tempo plays. And I heard Sam later on in the game yelling it out, Sam Whitelock, to try and put them off, but it clearly didn't work. But yeah, you can you can literally hear everything. So clearly, if he's picking up on that sort of stuff pretty easily, but um, yeah, literally you can hear everything. It was uh, it was quite strange. I heard uh, I heard during the game when I was on the on the sideline. And uh, we had called one of our pick and go moves, and mm. TJ had sort of picked up on it straight away and told his boys that we were picking oh, go. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah we, and I was like, "Where's the crowd? We need the crowd here, so they can't yeah. hear our calls." <laughs> you got the you got the hand over the mouth, giving it the yeah. uh, the baseball styles tip of the cap, <laughs> striking the chin, do whatever you can. Yeah, exactly. Was it um when you got to the very end and you got that game? What what could you compare the elation of winning that game to, Josh? Um, it was man, it was oh man, I don't know if I can. Eh? It was it was a bloody good feeling. I'd say that it was um, you know it was a close game, back and forth, and um, obviously you know a lot of the boys in the other team and sort of during the week building up, you know, we you know they're just staying down the road you know, training down the road. Uh, and often from trainings, uh, we'd be leaving in one bus and they'd be coming in, you know, so the buses would drive past and you'd sort of look over and see them and, you know, and you know, you, you know them or you played with some of them. So, um, yeah, no, nah, when, when we got that game, it was, um, it was definitely a good feeling. I, I don't really know if I can compare it to anything. I reckon it was just so satisfying because um, one of the more satisfying wins just because I think a lot of people wrote the South off and mm. particularly when the team list came out, like the size of that North team was the way I sort of compared it was when you're, especially coming from a, it won't be like this for you, Joshy, but for coming from a school in Hawke's Bay where it's a lot of smaller players. And then you, the first time you ever play against an Auckland school or Wellington school, mm. and they're just massive, massive. <laughs> men. That was what it was like, like running out and just seeing size across the whole paddock. Mm. Other than mm. Damien. And um, yeah, so it was, pretty satisfying to to win that in the end um, knowing that most of the country I think we're probably thinking that the north would roll us yeah. I think I was sitting on the bench and someone was like is it just me or do those black jerseys make them look bigger and I was like <laughs> yeah. nah I think they are just bigger yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they had a weapon pack a eh? like a ginormous front row oh huge I, and I I think probably one thing that's maybe hasn't been touched on a hell of a lot is that like we haven't played, we hadn't played any rugby for, well, I hadn't played for a month. Um, mm. So it was only the Highlanders and, and the Hurricanes that, and that, that was even three weeks prior. So mm. it, it, like match fitness is 
tough to hold on to like there's only so much running you can do there's nothing that compares to actually playing a game and mm. i reckon that's why there was a at, at times there was a lot of gaps just because yeah guys are fit but match fitness not quite there and um yeah i reckon that's why there was certainly some holes wide um later on in the game and why it was potentially a high scoring affair now, one of the big talking points of the game, and it's, it's really important that we touch on this, is Geordie Barrett's shit fade. What was going on <laughs> on Geordie Barrett's head? So, uh, so he reckons, so he come up to, to Hawks Bay actually to play Cape Kidnappers the week before. And he reckons he rolled into this, um, into this uh, Havelock North barber and just sat down and asked for a, whatever fade he got. And the dude just went way up past... <laughs> Yeah, he reckons he was gonna. <laughs> he was that pissed off about it. He reckons he was just about to, uh, gonna turn her back around, walk back into the barber shop and punch the guy. He was that- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I was planning on getting a haircut during the week, and um, I knew Geordie was from Wellington, so I went up to him and I asked him, oh, "Where can I get a haircut?" And he was wearing a hat at the time, and he took his hat off, and I was like, "I don't know if I should be asking you." <laughs> I don't know if the other persons I should be asking because what the hell is that? <laughs> what are the rules there? Do you just turn to your barber and go, look, mate, just shave it off? <laughs> and is that insulting? Yeah. You know? that, must, that must be the biggest insult for, for a barber <laughs> to ever get. I think Jordy ended up giving himself neggies too, didn't he? The old negative. I think he shaved like his sideburns up to his ear. That was, <laughs> sure. our, that was one of our punishments in the South for being hmm. like if you're late or something, that um, negative sideburns was one of them. And he just voluntarily gave them to himself, I think. Damn. There's someone carrying clippers like... One yeah, of the think, boys had clippers, though. Yeah, I think I think a few boys carry clippers to um, trim their pubes. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd look real good with you'd look real good with negative sideburns, I reckon, Ross. So yeah, I was straight going from the beard, straight from the beard, and then into nothing. Eh? Yeah. I've always thought, you know, there's that um, like uh, Shaquille O'Neal rocked it for a while, where you've just got like the beard and then the shaved head on top. <laughs> like, I've always thought that's a sweet combo, but um, my pasty whiteness, like. Just mm. I shine with a shaved head. Yeah. And full I, cube ball. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not pretty, eh? It's not pretty at all. But I can imagine, you know, it's a, it's pretty important to be well shaved downstairs if you want to be fast in a rugby game. You don't want any bush getting in the way. Exactly. The tree and the tree looks longer when the, the bush also <laughs> 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 I've heard. Also I've heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a group bonding activity, eh? That is, that's an individual thing. You know, teams that get together and go, okay, boys, high performance time. Yeah, it's probably more of a backs thing, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys copped a shit lid before and uh, and just gone, nah, not doing it? Oh, yeah, I've had a, I've had my fair share. I think, I think every haircut I get, I just get mocked for it anyway. But, um. Uh, there's not really much you can do once it's done. Eh? You either got to shave it off, or you just got to wear a hat, like Jordy did in that present in that, uh, <laughs> in yeah, that yeah. interview. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of the skexiest guys running around, Joshy, mate. You're really bad haircut. When I was coming back from my injury, I let my hair grow out. Um, I said I wouldn't uh, cut my hair until I got back and played, and it was it was pretty long, and I had to wear strapping around my head just to keep the hair out of my eyes, but. Um, that was probably as bad as I get. My, my younger brother, Zach, he looks just like me, if you can imagine it, and with long ginger dreads. So it could get worse. <laughs> there is an element of ginger in there, isn't there? Yeah, there's and a tinge. Lights. Yeah. A tinge, and if I grow my beard out enough, it's, it's definitely pretty ginger. You've got to hold on to that right now. Like the ginger halfbacks are playing well. 
yeah, there's something, there's something in the, well, there's something in the water, but something in the hair color. Like <laughs> red, like uh, red Finlay Christie, man. Jeez, he's had a hell of a season for the Blues, and I mean, he's he had a year with us uh, in 2017, and then um, I don't know why, but we let him go, and um, he's really flourishing up at the Blues. So uh, he's a bloody good kid too, in terms of his personality off field. He's um, mm. he's one of the greats. So um, mm. I'm happy to see him go so well. Yeah, Jamie Booth too. He's had a crack. Jamie Booth, of course. Yes, can't forget about him. Yeah, yeah, top notch. Is there a player in any of your teams, both of you, who is renowned for just having a shit lid? I think of Richie McCaw. Like, Richie McCaw looked like a hedgehog always. Like, <laughs> is there someone in your team and everyone's just like, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> um, oh. It's Sean Stevenson for me. Uh, to be fair, whenever anything comes up, like, who's the worst? I always think of Shooter, but he is one of my good, he is a good <laughs> He's one of my good mates, but Jeezy's had some horrific lids over time. Like, um, is it you know Bert and Ernie the um the Sesame, the Sesame Sesame Street dude? Yeah, he looked like him, like big, tall, just full shaven with the with the pop uh, with the hair on top. A bit like a uh, is it Anthony Dixon as well? The, oh the God! Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can imagine a combination of those two, oh. that's what shooters look like. Oh. I think Fakatawa, Falau Fakatawa is running a crook liday with the oh. uh, old mullet and the the blonde. It's funny because he cuts all the boys' hairs, though, but doesn't cut his own. So I think that back, it's bloody rude. Terrific. It's rude. <laughs> it's like two-minute magic noodles on the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Sam Nock was running a lid like that too, eh? It was, I was like, oh, is this the fashion? Like, oh, I'm not down with the kids. I don't know if this is huge on Insta, but it looks like it's the fashion. Yeah, that, yeah, that is a bit of a um, rude lid as well. He says, I think I've seen him in like an interview saying that he, he got the approval from the missus. So um, I think that's why he's kept it up. Gee, that's surprising. <laughs> There's a whole lot of post-lockdown uh, lids that came out. Eh? There's some horrific ones and some good ones. Samuels is definitely right there. <laughs> Post-lockdown, one of the guys who's been pretty epic is Tupo Vai. Um He's an all-black. Did you guys watch that video? Uh, what did you make of um, that video? It was pretty cool. Yeah, I nearly started crying myself, actually. I did get a few tears in the eyes. It was pretty cool to see uh, his reaction. And um, obviously, he was a kind of almost a replacement player with us at the Chiefs. To, and he's born in the year 2000 as well, which makes just everybody feel real old as well. And he's an all-black. So, um, man, that was, that was a really cool video. He's um, obviously... Uh, made his, his family very proud. Do you get a phone yeah. call like that, Josh? You make one to your folks and get that kind of reaction when you made the All Blacks? Um, I, I was here with my my mum and my, my some of my family were here, but my dad and that were up in Auckland. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was sort of the same. Um, my old man doesn't show much emotion, but he did he did that day apparently. So my sisters say he won't admit <laughs> it, but uh, yeah, we were happy for Tupai. So. Um, yeah, that, that video almost, I almost dropped some tears as well, you know, watching it. So his family was so happy and um, I see a lot of the boys are sharing it on social media just because, you know, they, they know those feels as well. So, no, real happy. It's pretty epic, eh? Family, just, I suppose, you, if your family lives your dream with you when you're a rugby player, don't they? Like, they're, they're right there with you. A lot of occupations, you know, people go to work and they come back. But when you're a rugby player, people live and breathe that with you. And especially because everybody talks about rugby in New Zealand as well. So no doubt uh, in at their, at, you know, your parents' workplace that they're talking about um, their son, mm. uh, you know, it's probably a hot topic. So um, like you say, they live and breathe it as well. And um, 
it must just be such a, a you know, I don't have kids personally, but I imagine it's such, such a proud um, moment seeing, you know, half of you doing something so cool. Uh, Brad, did you get, the, get to make that phone call twice? Because it was a long time between drinks for you, wasn't it? Like the second time you, you got the call up, did you have a similar kind of phone call? Well, the, uh, the way they did it that time is they didn't tell anyone that they were making it. So, um, so my parents found out uh, on the telecast the same time I did. I wasn't with them at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I gave them a call afterwards and I could hear, yeah, like, I was, my old man's a bit like Josh. He doesn't show too much, hell of a lot of emotion, but um, I think he was tearing up then, um, according to my mother. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool moment being able to call them after your name gets read out. <laughs> Make sure you get that on video, eh? When your dad's got a tear yeah, in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Josh, was yours the story where because you you went over to Buenos Aires and then the folks came over and then you you didn't get on the field? Is that was that you? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Um, yeah, over in RG and then uh, mum and dad came over and it wasn't to be. So um, you know, uh, real grateful when they were able to be there in Hamilton. Uh, and my sisters and you know I had more family come you know so um, yeah I mean yeah, that's just the way it goes and um, yeah managed to get managed to get on the field in Hamilton so it was good. They got some good stakes in them during the week though right like yeah, yeah it's, it's not the end of the world spending yeah, week yeah. it wasn't all bad though. <laughs> they got to explore around and um, go to Argy for the first time so yeah no not all bad we always in the media we always talk about that um, when the All Blacks play Buenos Aires and then they go to South Africa usually that's the, the double leg we call it the red meat and wine tour mm. because the lads are just because they eat so late you know like mm. you can turn up at a restaurant at 10 30 11 o'clock and so usually like that's sort of for TV we were working until at least then to get our stories filed back for the next day and so then you walk out and you get this massive steak and you get a glass of red wine instead of kind of finishing your day and going to bed you all of a sudden it's kicking off <laughs> next thing you know it's four in the morning and you're like oh shit it's thursday i should have played this week out slightly better <laughs> well the Argent argentinians must be doing something right because i swear you don't see fat people over there yeah so it must like yeah the way that they do it maybe it's just that's the that's the ticket just steak and red wine maybe we could learn a thing or two maybe that's the trick eh? yeah get the skinnies down <laughs> I don't think it works, eh? Hey? Gotta be something else. <laughs> They've also got that stuff, what's it, Dolce de Leche, that at caramel. Oh, oh wow. I haven't oh, tried that. What's that? It's, it's like it's like a caramel, that orange caramel that stuff that they have in all the um pastries and stuff in Argentina. Did you ever try it? Oh, they even have yeah. it at breakfast, like you can put it on you. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's special. Yeah. Next time you're over there, eh? bring <laughs> jars back. I brought them back for Christmas presents each year. Like mm -hmm. people love you for it. it. Costs you five bucks, and it's, it's just priceless. Yeah, it is so the good. best stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty damn good. Um, but that you know, Tupo Vade, um, Brad, the latest in a long line of Chiefs boys mm. who didn't appear to have much going for them one year, and then three months later, they're all blacks. Yeah, what is going on with these injury replacements at the Chiefs? Like, <laughs> it seems to be the ticket to international rugby. Yeah, if if, uh, if you're and then if you get offered an injury replacement, it's for us. You probably want to take it because chances are you end up in the ABs later on in the year. It's been been like that the last sort of two or three years with with Angus and Carl as well. So, um, no, nah, it's it, it just shows that you know that. All you need is an opportunity, and if you can take it and, and play well, then you can uh, you can get there to the highest level. And Tupo's clearly probably a little bit of a um, an exception because 
you know, I know that the AB selectors have probably had a good look at him for a while um, through the under 20 stuff and they've known about him. Um, and clearly he's incredibly athletic, has a lot of potential. He's, um, he's a big physical man, but also uh, pretty fit as well. So um, he's thoroughly deserving of a spot. And um, no doubt if he continues on the arc he's going, he could be, you know, he could be in there for a long time to come. So well, I'm just so incredibly stoked from just, um, you know, having spent the whole year with, with him. He's a, he's a bloody good bugger. So was he not signed at the study? I think he was like, um, like one of those, what are they called? The interim uh, oh, the yeah. development contract one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the, they give to a certain amount of 20s players. And then obviously when we had 50 locks go down in our team, he, he'd come in and was been starting with uh, Mitch Brown. So, um, yeah, I think he was already, but he was already signed with us at least for a full for next year. And then I think they've um, extended that even further now to like 2023 or something. So happy days for us. Obviously, we had the All Blacks team come out this week. It's a tough position for you, right? Like you're, everyone sees you playing real well and they know it, but how many first fives can you fit in the team? And then there are these fullback come first fives that are floating around as well. Like, How did you kind of take the selection? Yeah, I guess um, just like as you said, you know, you got um, two of the best in the world and um, Bodie and Richie and um, Damien, who's a uh, fullback that can cover 10. So I sort of knew uh, that, you know, that, Potentially no room. Um, so uh, I spoke to Fozzie though, and his um, the feedback was quite positive, and that you know being next in line and um, just you know my, my job now is just to go back to Maritain and um, play well for Otago, which um, you know Otago is a lot of fun. I uh, love playing with down there and uh, with the boys. So um, we're pretty much playing the All Blacks this week in Auckland because they got only so many players. But, um, yeah, no, nah, uh, yeah, it was a hard one, but um, you know, yeah, like I said, my job now is just go in and um, try to put my best foot forward for Otago. But the the Mountain Cup is pretty exciting this year, isn't it? Like when mm. you've got All Blacks showing up like that, I mean, possibly for the whole competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I don't think you know, I don't think we've had that many um, All Blacks in in Mountain Cup in a while, so. Um, everyone's definitely looking forward to um, Mighty Ten Cup, and well, some teams got you know Auckland Tasman international teams they got. But, um, yeah, we cop Tasman first up, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. yeah I know. And, then, and then the following week, you've got the juggernaut that is Hawks Bay Magpies. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's the game of the round? You reckon this weekend, eh? First, first up. Mm, I haven't actually had, uh, had a chance to see the draw. Who's Hawks Bay got this week? Yeah, that'll probably be the game of the round, the last one, the main event of the of the weekend. Hawks Bay against Southland at Rugby Park. At rugby Tune in four thirty. Sky Sport One. <laughs> um, it should be an absolute cracker. But um, now I'm actually looking. I'm looking forward to Waikato playing Wellington. I think that'll be a a, a real decent game, especially with. Um, Anton and Damien will be playing for Waikato along with uh, Luke Jacobson, Liam Messam back from France, uh, Adam yeah. Thompson, the Reef Shark as well. He, he's uh, he's on the the Waikato colours. So, um, <laughs> and then obviously there's a there's a few um, decent lads uh, coming back to play for for Wellington as well with uh, Ali and TJ and, and the likes. So I reckon that'll be a cracker at FMG Stadium Waikato. Did ABs by franchise has changed up? A little bit, eh, this year. You mm. notice that, like, the Blues, like you're saying about the Auckland team, the Blues have got 
lots of mm. All Blacks. It's pretty cool to see mm. that your form and, you know, your results on the field are affected like that. Yeah, yeah, the Blues, they have uh, a lot of players this year and full credit to them, they're well-deserving, um, in real good form this year and they play such a, a physical style, you know, and, you know, you've got Akita, Hoskins, Caleb, those are some big boys that, and they're hard to put down and... Um, also young, you know, young. So got a lot of development in um, years and um, a lot left in them. A lot left in them. So, um, yeah, no, it's good to see good to see them in there. I think, I think it sends a really good message too to rugby players in New Zealand that, um, and I know, I know there's a lot of form guys that have been playing well all year that have missed out, but generally speaking, if, if you're playing well consistently through Super Rugby, then you give yourself a real good chance to, to be selected for the All Blacks. So it definitely sends a good message to everyone else that um, is still budding and trying to get in there. Yeah, yeah. Dalton Papali is another guy to add to that list from there, eh? Just the guy who mm. just works there, works, works and works and gets you a test jersey. Yeah, he does, and he's versatile as well. Can cover probably all three um, positions, which certainly helps. He's a he's a big boy, but um, he's clearly worked on um, some of his work rate as well, and um, richly deserved. I mean, um, you know, I, you know, I've sung Lockie Vosier's praises on here a fair bit, so uh, uh, a bit gutted for him. But I suppose he's in a similar position to you, Joshy, where he's kind of probably seen more as a seven and, and stuck behind um, Sam Kane and Adi Savier at the moment. But mm. I, I guess the thing with, with loose forwards, especially is the attrition rate in that position, because it's such a, uh, a physical position that um, generally speaking, there's, there's injuries at some point. So uh, I'm sure some of those guys who have missed out will, will get a chance at some time throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, he played mean rugby at six, didn't he? And he was a mean line out option for you guys as well at the front of the line out. But they appeared like a really big, solid bloke at six. So he has to try to be a seven, right? Like, I mean, he's tall, but he's not big, is he? Like, yeah, I, th- I think he's. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was playing six for us, but he's. A, yeah, I mean, we we're probably playing two sevens really with with him and Sam. Um, but he clearly can cover that position if if need be, and if they want to play that style. I mean, we're playing um, Artie and Sam. Uh, at seven and eight last year and um so you know it's not unheard of to have um, a slightly smaller guy uh, at, at six but i mean Lockie's not like like he's not tiny he's still a, a pretty heavy boy even though he, he might not look it so um but uh, no i'm sure he's been given um uh, good positive feedback about what to take back to to his mind and cup and um, you know, if he keeps knocking on the door, eventually it'll open for him. The other guy I felt for, I suppose, is Luke Jacobson because, I mean, he's a guy who's just a mean player, but he just doesn't have any luck, does he? Like injuries and concussions and all those kind of things. His, his career starts and it stops and it starts and it stops and he's not in the squad now. Yeah, he, he just needs to play rugby. And I think he's really well, he's very self-aware. I mean, um, he knows that. And so I don't think it was a, a real surprise to him. I mean, I'm sure he was, uh, I know he's disappointed, but at the same time, he knows he just needs to get on the field and, and play some rugby because um, he's still only 21 years old. Um, so, so, yeah, exactly. So he's got you know, plenty of time left in him. He's just uh, got to get back on the field. And, uh, you know, when he puts... Um, you know, multiple games when he's on the field together, he's uh, he's he just gets better and better. So mm. I've no doubt that we'll see that through the Mitre Ten Cup, and that's why I'm looking forward to to seeing him play against Wellington this weekend. Good test first up. He's got some iron shoulders, hasn't he? Oh, 
<laughs> one person you do not want to run yeah. into is Luke Jacobson, I reckon. I didn't even realise uh, until I played with him last year and I seen him just at training and in the games. Oh my gosh, this guy's yeah. got some iron shoulders. Well, his debut game was against the Blues a couple of years ago, 2018, and his very first that's play, right. Jerome yeah. Kaino ran it off the line out straight at yeah. him and he steamrolled him. That's right. Oh, my God, there's a 20-year-old who just steamrolled Jerome. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Ball in hand too, eh? Like, he just knows one direction. And, you, geez, I, there was a game, I think, not last year, the year before, it was against the Highlanders, Josh, and he just went out there and he was just an absolute weapon. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of uh, he scored that try. It was yeah, he scored that try in the corner. Eh? He just yeah. he just palming people off, and yeah, he just went off. And that's probably the first time actually I see him just dominating iron shoulders. Is, is, is it his nickname? Is it, has he got a nickname? Is, that, is that's it, that's probably too endearing. That that one, his <laughs> real nickname is like NASA or Space Cadet, just because. Is um, that a self-proclaimed nickname? Yeah, that would probably be self-proclaimed. But the like he LJ's got this thing where he just like you know those people that just like you look at them and they're just staring at something yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. lj a lot of the time so we um NASA. We NASA, yeah. what do you guys reckon you know of the squad obviously is a big powerful forward back what does this say and probably a, a relatively predictable backline what does it say about ian foster's intent style of play are we going to see something different from what we've seen over the last few years with steve hansen or do you think we're going to be heading in a similar direction yeah, well, I think with those um, those blues boys, you know, um, they just bring that real physical presence, you know, with Hoskins, um, Paddy, um, Akita, Caleb, you know, they've got that real physical presence and especially teams like against the, the box, you know, who, who are a real physical team and, you know, I think those boys will really suit um, matching those sort type of players and sort of players and also I feel like he's gone with um, a lot of, or a few young boys, you know, and, um it's, that's good for development in the coming years, maybe, you know, potentially the next World Cup. So, um, in terms of style of play, I don't, I don't think it's clear at, at this stage, but um, there's definitely a lot of potential and um, excitement there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, like, Fozzie knows that you still need to play, like, it's all well and good picking big guys, but you still need to be able to play at, at speed and um, mm. and for the full 80 minutes with, with good fitness. So, he's not, I imagine he's not, um, you know, like he's rewarded form, which is which is great. Um, but you know, I'm sure Fozzie's still pretty will still be keen to play play fast and, and up tempo. And um, I'm sure he's confident that the, the guys he's picked can um, can run that style of play, no matter um, what size they are. It just so happens that, that some of those boys we've we've spoken about earlier are pretty big. One of the great things about this squad, outside of I suppose a couple of new guys and at lock and stuff like that, where you know there's a couple of injuries, is like often the year after a World Cup, there are a bunch of new faces and the squad looks quite different. But this squad looks very similar to the old squad, doesn't it? You know, for a couple of faces, like the key members of the squad, they were there last year. They know what happened last year and they're still young enough and still have enough future in them to be there in four years' time, which bodes well, I think, for this team. Yeah, it does. I mean... Uh... There's a lot of guys probably still hurting from the loss last year, and that'll be really motivated to, um, you know, get on the walker and um, start getting some wins under our belt to uh, to build for that that next World Cup. Because um, yeah, there's probably nothing scarier for international rugby teams than, than a wounded All Black side. So um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of motivation there. But um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a long process though. Eh? Like four years, it was, we're already talking about mm. World Cup, so yeah. we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, especially when we don't even know what's going to happen this year. Yeah, exactly. like you know, and was there talk about that, Brad? Like after the the squad announcement about what you guys can possibly expect? I mean, I know they're talking about a four test Bledisloe series, but I mean, you can't you know book out in the annual leave or anything right now, no. can you? Because you don't know when anything's going to happen. No, I mean, we, we've pretty much heard the, the same rumours that, that everybody else has at, at the stage. Um, uh, we've, I've certainly been told that we've obviously played Mighty 10 Cup this week and most likely next. And then after that, it was a kind of, we'll just wait and see what, what happens. I, thought, I think they were talking about maybe confirming something at the end of this week, but whether that actually happens, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, we've all heard the, the, four, the four tests against the Aussies is probably looking the most likely at this stage. I mean... Argentina had they had some players actually test positive for COVID, so that, that's not good signs. And then I don't think South Africa have even started playing rugby over over there yet, so um, that'd still be a long way off. So it certainly seems that um, Australia is the the most likely scenario at this stage. Yeah, yeah. It, it's how would you feel about that, Josh? I mean, obviously there's an outbreak in Victoria. We've still got level two and a half in Auckland. You know. Mm. Are you comfortable with the idea of Tears Footy right now, considering, you know, we've only just got domestic travel opened up again in New Zealand. The, the concept mm. of playing international footy seems, you know, like a risk, I suppose. Put it briefly. Yeah, it is, it is a hard one, eh? Um, I, was, I, was, I didn't even know the rulings around if the Auckland players could... I thought the, even the Auckland-Otago um, game was off the cards, you know, with the um, whole COVID. So there's a little uncertainty around. Um, but I think if the if the NZIU were to run a risk management and it came back, you know, it was all right, then um, personally I wouldn't have a problem in, um, in playing if, if, the, if the right um, process was taken. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure about how, other, you know, everyone's... Um, Opinions might be different, but um, yeah, if, if the right process was in place and um, the, the management risk management was taken, then um, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, and, and realistically, the All Blacks is the biggest money maker for New Zealand rugby, isn't it? So they're going to do everything possible to try and get mm. some some tests going, and um, we're all we as players are all keen to still get paid, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do it as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that, isn't it? Mm. I mean, really. The, the All Blacks provide a lot of money to people's coffers. Players mm. plan their year around it. You know what? Usually you have what three weeks, four weeks in June. Then you've got August, September, and then you've got end of year tours at you know whatever weekly wage that you're getting at the All Blacks. If you've got a house, you've got a mortgage, you've got things to pay off, you've got kids, you've planned around a bit of that cash, haven't you? So you, there's a lot of players who are probably thinking actually I could do it a bit of that because <laughs> I've made plans of this year and, and that mm. money was part of it. Exactly, like, and it's going to be key for New Zealand rugby to, um, you know, bring in some money for themselves so that they can retain players as well. Um, especially if you know things overseas start opening up and they can offer uh, offer money as well. But um, so yeah, they they need the revenue to be able to play players to keep them here. Yeah, and backroom staff, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're not even having spoken about them exactly, and they're probably more important. Um, because they're you know probably a little bit lower paid than than what the players are, so they, they certainly rely on New Zealand rugby um, at that level, and even through to um, all our Mighty Ten Cup provinces as well. That uh, they're all a lot of their money comes from um, New Zealand rugby grants and stuff like that. So a lot of people are affected by by rugby in New Zealand. That so if the All Blacks can play a part by getting some money back, then we're all keen to do that. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like any risks would be taken because from the look of what you guys are doing in North South, like they, they went above and beyond what the rules are to make sure that you guys were safe. They definitely did. Yeah, there was, mm. uh, you know, so, sometimes you're scratching your head thinking, oh, this is a bit yeah. too far, but yeah. The old um, mask on the gym was a, was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're sort of puffing and huffing and you yeah. the mask on and Oh yeah. yeah, the mask like ends up going like, like into your mouth yeah. and you're trying to breathe yeah. in the big ones, and then everyone else around the gym's not wearing one. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, processes but, would definitely tell you now. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a good look for, for us to, to be setting an example, I guess.